Hi, I'm Suzanne. And I'm Peter. And this is Sex Advice for Seniors. We're here today with Lindsay Hamilton, who is a psychoanalytic uh, psychotherapist. Um, And we wanted to talk to her a bit today about um, sexual health problems in older people, and in particular um, with vaginal atrophy as well. And so, Lindsay, perhaps you could uh, tell us what it is exactly that you've been dealing with in this sort of area. Sure. I mean, hi, and I'm really delighted to be here. I've got I've got quite a sort of commitment and interest, commitment to an interest in spreading the word about the fact that this exists because it's widely, it's sort of not. I think a lot of women and probably their partners know about it, but they don't tend to talk to each other about it because of shame and embarrassment with sharing that kind of information. But also a lot of medical professionals don't know about it. And it is um, um, vaginal, or vaginal and vulval atrophy, otherwise known as genitourinary syndrome of menopause, affects 50 to 80 percent of women who who are lacking estrogen so this may be women who've reached who are in perimenopause or at menopause or women who've had a hysterectomy and so for one reason or another there's no estrogen there's not enough estrogen in their system so that's just laying the groundwork for what we're going to be talking about today god it's a huge number I mean, it, it's a huge number. When you say 50 to 80%, it's such a huge number. Yeah. And you and I always think as soon as people, as soon as somebody says that, it's like, why isn't the medical profession dealing with this? Why, yeah. why is no one talking about this? I mean, other than, as you said, the shame yeah. when it affects so many people. Yeah, well, it's not really, somehow things are not being linked up. I mean, one problem has been that for a long time, I think probably probably women have been reluctant even to share it with a doctor. Um, But also, if they've shared it, they've not necessarily been heard, which is, of course, totally unusual with women in the medical world. (laughs) Um, and, And then I don't think... Even if they have shared it with doctors, they ha- doctors haven't sort of shared it with each other. Um, and then with women not sharing it with other women, um, but th- but things are changing. Um, there's a vaginal atrophy UK group, a Facebook group, with I don't know how many, but thousands and thousands of women who are all sharing information about this and giving advice, receiving advice. Um, and there is, I think, a lot more knowledge about it in the States with actual reference to genitourinary syndrome of menopause, um, mm. which is not the term I'm going to use very much because it's really hard to say. We've all stumbled over this. Yeah. Yeah. doesn't quite cover the whole problem, but it's, it's, um, it's easier to say, and it's somehow almost communicates a little bit more of what's going on Mm. and uh, i mean there's many ways that it manifests aren't there dryness being one um 
thinness of the vaginal walls. And from what I've read and understood, things like because the walls do get so thin, there can be tears and then adhesions and all sorts of problems around that. And it's one of the one of the things that I discovered quite a while back, actually, was even talking about lube with women was a big taboo. You know, this thing about not being wet enough was seen as a bit of a thing, right? Like, oh, I don't need lube. I'm very wet. I'm wet all the time. You know, I'm dripping all the time. Yeah, and you think, think, why why is it a problem just to even talk about lube? Never mind any of this other stuff, you know? Like, why why are we putting ourselves on this on this competitive scale where we're, we're not good enough as women unless we get super wet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's a real kind of um, idealizing of who we should be as kind of as sexual partners. Um, Mm. But yes, you're right about the impact it. So, so the lack of estrogen will cause, will potentially cause problems with, all that you mentioned about the vagina, um, but also, and it can also become shortened um, oh. and, and mm. narrowed, um, but it also affects the vulva. So th- with the vulva, we have the labia majora and the labia minora, the, the smaller or the mm. slightly different inner lips, and they can actually atrophy to the point that they're no longer existent. That's not uncommon. Um, wow. But they will most likely a trophy to some extent, which some people mind and some people don't mind, but it yeah. makes a difference. And people can wonder yeah. what on earth happening to them. Um, the clitoris as well um, can become fused and can be become very much smaller and it can get nerve issues so that there, there are a sort of twinges, itching, strange sort of electric shock type feelings and things like this um the urethra is involved and um people get get a lot of cystitis type symptoms which are not necessarily cystitis they might be um but that is one of the symptoms that we can get from the um estrogen deficiency but also the rectum can, it, because they're all pelvic, they're all in the pelvic area, so they're all mm. being by estrogen deficiency. So women can get a feeling as though they're going to poop themselves when they're having sex because things have become more vulnerable, and nothing. Mm. Can, I mean, maybe some people might enjoy it, but quite a lot of people, <laughs> quite a lot of people, are not going to be up for you know shooting themselves yeah. when they're having sex. So. Um, <laughs> The me- yeah. I mean, they're all things. I mean, it, it sounds appalling, and I think at some level it is appalling. But um, but really, that my interest in talking about it is because there are so many things that people can do. Um, right. Having looked through a lot of the responses in the vaginal atrophy group, I noticed that a lot of the women there just are no longer having sex, and may not yeah. have had sex for years. Yeah. certainly not penetrative sex and often have just given up entirely and they're talking about the impact on on the relationship and you know the the husband or partner who's saying um you know i just so love to 
have that intimacy. And she's just completely rejecting it because it's terrifying. It's terrifying. And also because of the impact on her sense of herself as a woman. You know, if your genitals are changing, they're hurting, they're changing shape, they're twinging and they're, you know, and sex feels potentially impossible. It's such a kind of core part of who we are. Yeah, and yeah. who we are in well, relation you know, to another. Yeah. And it's it's another area where women haven't really talked about it for such a long time, years and years and years, and it's only just becoming a, a, a thing now. Um, and do you think that's sort of common to all sort of female sexual um, health issues in that, oh, we just don't talk about down there? You know the the male the penis is something you know it's it's a fairly straightforward thing and it's on the outside, you know women women's is all hidden away and inside. You know, well, we're so. raised we're raised with a lot of shame around yeah. our genitalia, aren't we? I mean, I think that's both yeah. men and women, but perhaps slightly differently for for women. So trying to talk to anybody whether it's a professional or a friend or a relative about something that's going wrong mm. is cut or even yeah. a doctor probably yes it just brings about so much shame and then if the if the doctor ha- doesn't really know what you're talking about mm. and is sort of raising an eyebrow and saying that you've got a psychological issue Um, and that you're terrified of sex and this is why you've got this problem you know so then that's almost like a form of gaslighting so the woman just thinks well I'm not going to talk about this again with anybody Mm. so she sort of goes back underground and tries to deal with tries to deal with it but it's not really happening um but shall we talk about the sorts of things that can be helpful I mean, I was going to say to you, yeah. because normally, normally when you go to the doctor with with any with virtually any issue that is to do with your um, sexual health as an older woman, especially if you're complaining about loss of libido or painful intercourse or anything, they just want to stick you on HRT. I mean, yeah, no, that's I the kind of that's the kind of default, isn't it? Forever, for, that's the and that's the default. Talk about that, because actually, it is really important and really helpful. Um, but they also can be prone to just saying, "Well, go away, live with it." You know, it's your age. Mm. Yeah, just put up with yeah. it. Why would you be worrying about it at your age? What do you want to have a sex life for anyway? You know, extraordinary, yeah. yeah. exactly the kind of thing sex advice for seniors is trying to combat you know make us aware that as we age we can still have very pleasurable and satisfying sex and that it really adds to good relating so you know because i'm an attachment-based psychoanalytic psychotherapist relating is kind of really i think is so central to our lives and if something like that is making us avoid people avoid intimacy with our partner that's so tragic when it doesn't need to be happening Mm. Sure. Uh, and do you think do you think a lot of women hide it from their partners? You know that that they try and and pretend it's not happening to their partners. Well, some and, you know. Well, some I've may. just got a headache again, darling. You know, yes, some may just I've just gone off it, but I think what a very difficult thing to try and explain to your 
partner, be they male or mm. female. Um, and um, sensitivity is required because a lot of men do have a kind of fantasy that they're going to hurt a woman. And presumably mm. a female partner could have that fantasy too, that they're going to hurt a woman penetrating either with the penis or digitally or in another way. So yeah. if a woman talks to her partner and says, you know, it's really going to hurt me, it might tear me and it's terrifying me, this may not be quite the way to explain it, that man may never have an erection again or the female partner may not want to come near because they're so scared they're going to cause more harm. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah. So sure. delicacy with that, thinking through how am I going to put this to describe that there's an issue that I perhaps like to tackle with my doctor's help um, without terrifying the other person and making them feel mm. very unsexy around you. You know, so it thinking that through is good. Um, but actually, things like. Um, Actually, estrogen is the most fundamental thing. Yeah. So is that like, in, are we talking about estrogen cream inserts, that sort of stuff? Yeah, what, what they tend to say, because we're not so keen on the orally um, taken HRT, because it it's, you know tends to have a higher impact. So... Um, so pessaries and things yeah like the, that. the the pessaries such as vagifem which can be used pretty much daily or twice or three times a week according to preference and what what's helping and what's not helping ovestin i think it's called in some places cream which is for the vulva and then uh there are other cream uh, gels that can be used for an estrogen addition that can be used daily or every other day Progesterone used as a pessary because if you've got estrogen in your system, you can become estrogen dominant if you don't have a bit of progesterone to balance things out. Um, Mm. Some people find a little bit of testosterone whenever it's helpful, useful, because one doesn't want to take too much testosterone, start growing a bit and so on. Um, But um, I think that's probably it. But So estrogen and people can get a bit freaked out when we talk about estrogen because of previous um, studies that seem to make a link to cancer but they did find um, that the studies that were carried out were carried out on um, a group of people who were older and often overweight so it wasn't a um, it didn't have a wide enough sample of the population to actually be used as evidence that HRT causes cancer. But also the ones that are applied, such as the pessaries, the ones that are applied in that way, they don't enter the bloodstream. Oh, right. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if somebody has had cancer, and also some doctors don't know that they can use the things like that. Um, But so that that can help a lot. Mm. Um, And... During sex, use of lubes, water-based lube is better. And there's a good company, I think it's called Yes. And in- yeah, Yes, yeah. we recommend Yes. yes. Mm. I like Yes. Yeah. I think Yes WB is supposed to be better for vaginal atrophy, the water-based yeah. one. And then um, 
so, but people I'd probably like to experiment with things like silk as well and just find out what works best for them mm-hmm. yeah um so the lube is essential and there are moisturizers as well I can't remember the name of yeah. them at the moment but there are some very I don't know if you know of any but there are some very good ones that don't you know don't have nasty products in yeah i i was given some a while back um oh god i can't remember the name of them but they were really good natural sort of products Mm -hmm. and uh yeah you can you can get some sometimes in the bigger boots and places like um you know the the sex toy shop and stuff like that you can find you can find some decent some decent stuff i mean what about just as well as you you know that using all of that is having you know regular sex helpful in terms of just again helping that area to stay active yes well it it sort of plumps the area up and um kind of Mm brings the blood supply to the area beautifully so that's mm-hmm. good the only slight problem with that is if you're getting the tearing yeah. and maybe adhesion so with an adhesion where if there's a tear in one part of the vagina it cleverly thinks it might as well join up with another part of the vagina rather than the bit where the original tear is so you get this oh, you know these almost like a sort of permanent over and over again virgin every time they have sex they get torn and a bit of bleeding. So mm. that one's a bit tricky yes. with the um, with the regular sex, if that's happening. And I think somebody has got to talk to a doctor about, about that or a gynecologist and find out, you know, a bit more about what might help them. Um, so the yeah. lubes, the moisturisers, because the moisturisers also sort of plump things up nicely. And, and what about things like masturbation? Well... Just- you know, without a penis. Yeah, <laughs> with or without a penis um, or, a, or a sex toy. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, Anything yeah. that gives pleasure and bearing in mind that sex with your partner does not have to be pen- – I mean, it's great, isn't it, if it's penetrative. Who doesn't love that? But to have it um, also non-penetrative so that it's – mutual orgasm mm. closeness togetherness connection I I, I, yeah. I don't I don't think there's any problem with that and when people are saying I don't want to have sex because it hurts if they can't kind mm. of get beyond that then to have another kind of sex but to be having that sexual intimacy well why not because it makes people feel really good and it brings the, the oxytocin up and the whole yeah. but also let's not forget about positions you know when people yeah. are yeah there's a there's advice on the internet about um sex positions best sex positions for people with endometriosis and this is the same exactly the same uh, right so um so reverse cowgirl which you probably talked about so no, we haven't talked about we the first yeah. cowgirl. <laughs> so, <laughs> Although it's one of my favourites. Yes. <laughs> so sitting on the woman sitting on the penis yeah. and facing towards his feet. That's yeah, yeah. Mm. That's a good one. Um, so you don't particularly necessarily want missionary, and you don't particularly want normal 
doggy style because they both encourage deeper pre- penetration. But things like spooning. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And what else have I read about? Kind of doggy position, but where um, the woman is lying f- flat. Flat. Oh, and yeah. he's coming into her from behind, but she's not got a bottom in the air. So that can be right. so, <laughs> a great part. Anything Use, that, Anything that leads to shallow penetration, shallow then, penetration, basically. Yes. Yeah. I wonder if I'm yeah. reading yeah, about yeah. Lo- a lotus position, one which sounded potentially a little uncomfortable for the man, but he is asked to sit cross-legged, and then she... Uh-huh. Yeah, and yeah. you... Uh, on top. He, yeah, I think he... Wrapped around... Pretty, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. around the knees and hips. <laughs> but yeah. I guess for some people, that's, yeah. that's fine. So... Thinking about might be more challenging for the older person. Yeah, that's what I was thinking when I was reading about it. And what about yeah. just sitting on top, not facing yeah. the feet, just yeah. the other way? That's, yeah, that's okay. Too. And so you've also kind of got a bit more mastery, haven't you? Well, if it's starting yeah. to feel uncomfortable or painful, the rhythm might be changed and the depth um, of penetration yeah. could be changed too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So often in these um, in the in these conversations, it always comes back to communication. Yeah. Um, and you know, if if it is hurting, and if you know whatever is going on, um, then people need to be told. The man needs to be told, or the woman, the partner needs to be told yeah. um, <clears throat> to to take things differently in a different speed and a different depth and a different position. I mean, a little bit of pain when it's, when the person's feeling very excited, a little bit of pain may be possible and okay to stay with. Um, Mm. But Mm. if the person doesn't want to change position or do things differently, then yes, to have that ground level of really good communication is, is so important. And I guess, that also goes back to the being able to talk about the issue in the first place and saying something like, love to carry on having sex with you or resume having sex with you. This is a bit of a problem. Um, but together, mm. you know, we can work around this. So it's a really kind of joint enterprise. I mean, you'd expect sex to be a joint <laughs> enterprise anyway, but mm. sometimes... The, well, often it isn't. Yeah, <laughs> the verbal communication about what's needed, what's helpful, what's preferred is not necessarily always there but it's good to have yeah and i think you know again um we we talked a bit about the impact of pornography and of course you know lots of people older people are watching pornography these days and pornography gives a completely unrealistic impression of sex where not only is there very little foreplay but intercourse is often quite active very you know fierce there's a lot of aggression often in that and so men get this idea that that's how women like it because that's what they've seen Mm. on porn and so Mm. they tend to replicate that thinking oh she must love it when it's really hard and so you know it is you know so it, it it is as peter said it does come back to communication and also to rewinding what the way you might have had sex when you were younger Versus mm. the way that we have sex now that we're older, actually, you know. For me, yeah. sex when I'm older is slower. It's more take your time. I'm not in any rush to, you know, to to get fucked. And I think 
that the more that we appreciate that just generally everything needs to slow down, the more likely it is that both people are going to enjoy themselves and one person's not going to complain that it really yeah, hurts. And you can have you great know? tenderness with that kind of slowness exactly. and that communication and reciprocality, that tenderness that really actually deepens the relationship. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you know, look, this all goes back, aside from the communication problem, this also just goes back to the fact that we talk about men losing their erections and and Viagra and Cialis and all the stuff that's available for them. And, and, and it's very, it's, um, you know, and, and the medical profession is overly preoccupied with penises, but they don't seem particularly interested in vaginas or vulvas or, or anything really to do with women, to be honest. And so, and so women have no vocabulary around this. They just, they're just living with this shame. And if they don't stumble upon a Facebook group, they mm. probably like so many women that have commented on our TikTok channel and elsewhere, just said, I don't have sex mm. anymore. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to have it anymore. I'm not interested in it. And you don't know how much of that goes back to early trauma mm-hmm. or unpleasant experiences and how much of it is just literally around the fact that it yeah. bloody hurts. Yeah. It's so, yeah, off- yeah, yeah. It's so you know, for someone to have, it's such a kind of behaviorist behavioral thing, isn't it? If you like a Pavlov's response, if someone enters you and you get pain mm. and it's excruciating, eye watering, yeah. you don't particularly want to do that again in a hurry. No. So to, exactly. To, to, yeah. um, to try to explore things that will not bring about that response is part of the getting kind of rid of the, the automatic association that is is so powerfully made, you know, and yeah. how sad for a couple that have maybe been together for 30, 40 years and have had a, a lovely sex life that they've enjoyed very much and then it's just gone because of something that yeah. actually things things can be done differently. And it's um and it's a kind of achievement in the relationship to to restore that and to have it work reasonably well or even very well. And I think men men have a, an important <clears throat> role to play here in that they have to overcome this ignorance they have about women's... You know, we know very little about it, to be honest. <laughs> you know, I would be the first to hold my hand up and say that, you know, I, to me it remained a mystery for a long, long time and it's only as being part yeah. of this sex advice, really, that I've stuff has become clear to me for the first time i think you know i've been through two long marriages with women and uh and yeah i i kind of only knew half of what was going on and it's all a bit of a mystery and um i think this surely uh would be an opportunity for discussion around the whole problem the whole issue of 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 women's sexuality and women's women's sexual uh organs and and what's going on you know yeah well a lot of women i think quite a lot of women don't really know what their anatomy is like what the genital and pelvic anatomy is like and don't really know what mm. the the vulva is you know they kind of mm. people tend to call the whole area the vagina and it's yes 
the internal yeah. area, you know, and <laughs> some people don't know about the labia, minora and majora, you know, we, or even the clitoris. I think there's quite a lot of mm. women um, who, who don't know what the clitoris is or the wonders it can provide her in terms of experience. Even today, yeah, if we yeah. think worldwide, yeah. um, so that lack, in a way, for men not to know is a shame, but it's also understandable if women don't know. So we can't share it with men and say, no. well, mm. that's what you're mm. touching at the moment. You know, that's actually my vulva, not my vulva. But when yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> one doesn't always want to use um, biological language when it's having sex with women. But, yeah, yeah. Look, and and I think women are not encouraged to examine themselves, so they don't. No. And they're, they're, you know, their mothers and everything don't, you know, nobody's ever going to show you. Um, if you went to school, you had a biology lesson, which involved a banana and something else. And, and that was about it. And nobody ever talked about pleasure and nobody ever talked about all the different areas of your, you know, of your genitalia and everything. And, and, you know, one of the things that we've discovered doing this is, of course, the spectrum of people who go from one extreme to the other extreme is vast. I mean, you know, mm. in the past two weeks, we've spoken to a woman who's talking about cervical kisses Honestly, I have no idea what that is, but cervical kisses, it's okay. This is like when you, when you massage the cervix in a way that actually is really pleasurable and the cervix kind of like almost kisses the penis in this way. Anyway. And you know, she's talking about all these, all these, all these different types of orgasms. Women are talking about all these different types of orgasms. And then you get on the other extreme, women who have no awareness whatsoever, lots of women who have never had an orgasm at all, don't know, you know, don't know what the hell's going on down there. And of course, if what's going on down there is painful, well, there's no tantra, nothing going on. You know, know, it's like, it's like, you're not going near that. It's just forget about it. So, well, Jan Day talked last week, didn't she about um an 87 year old woman who had never had sex and certainly had never had an orgasm and um, she put that right yeah um, (laughs) you know at the age of 87 you know so it's never too late to learn these things quite sad to think of all those so many years without all those wasted i mean one of the things that also occurs to me is that if there was wider knowledge about this, particularly with the medical profession, they could be warning women. So if they're mm. going to have a hysterectomy, uh, if they're if mm. they're coming into perimenopause um, or whatever, for whatever mm. reason, they're going to be uh, depleted with their estrogen, and so this could happen. This could easily happen. To let them know, and then they yeah. get the estrogen supplements and can prevent it. So it doesn't happen. Yeah. Sure. Because actually to sure. try to kind of mend it once it's really taken hold is sometimes extremely difficult, if not impossible. But to prevent it with estrogen mm. is much easier. 
I mean, I think it's so important that people understand that they're not alone in feeling this way because I suspect lots of women just feel that there's something wrong with them. And there's so much shame around feeling inadequate in any way, especially around sex where we are all told that we've got to be sort of superhuman and guys have got to have rock hard cocks and women have got to get super lubed up and, yeah. you know, and, 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 and all of that. It's not, and it's not really helpful. It's not helpful in making people feel well, that it, they can still have an active sex life when they yeah. get older. Yeah. Well, it's you good, know? I think, to, for us to be as outspoken in a way as we can be about these things. Since I started to discover that they're, that people are having this problem, that women in particular are having this problem. But, I mean, I can't exclude the men because it's a problem for their partners too, if their partners or female sure. partners. But um, when I've kind of talked about it with people, because I'm 61, when I've talked about it with people in my age group or a bit older or even a bit younger, friends and, other, you know, others that I've met, um, people I've worked with, they've quite often said what was what did you say was the name of that pessary that people find so <laughs> helpful um oh, and, really? you know, they haven't necessarily yeah. said i've got this problem but they're asking about the product so they they do have the, pro- the problem right. um otherwise i wouldn't be asking yeah. about them so i feel that to have mm. this as something we don't talk about with shame we don't try and hide it and cover it up but we just say this is something that that can happen to women who are estrogen yeah. and there yeah. are so many things they can do about it we can do it. it's probably a consequence of sex being seen as something only for the young anyway i mean as you said earlier why why are you interested interested in this surely it's all over for you anyway and um you know, it's this. This is a, a, a non-problem for for the people who should be worried about sex, which is young people and and STIs. But of course, and young the people, of all the concentration is on that. But. If a young if a young woman has had for for some reason she may have had cancer or perhaps some other illness, and she's had to have a hysterectomy, mm. she may also. But but may, obviously it is mainly a problem for older women. But there are some young women too. But there, I think there's something about not only wanting to be able to continue to have sex for older people, but the notion that you want it to be good. You know, I don't want it to hurt. Uh, yeah. I don't want to be. Yeah, yeah be I don't want to be. Well, we haven't mentioned dryness <laughs> particularly, although I think you did, so Suzanne, but. The dryness can be appalling, yeah. and that's where the moisturisers and the hormones make an enormous yeah. difference, as, and as well as, of course, the loo. But um, yeah, to to kind of um, say, why on earth shouldn't it still be satisfying and wonderful? Um, you know, I think some some prof- some medical professionals just not only think maybe they shouldn't be having sex, but really they want it to be great as well. Are they are they mad? <laughs> Yeah, sex when you're older and good sex when you're older. Who who would imagine that? It's almost (laughs) as if it's a shocking idea, isn't it? So you get to a certain age and then you're supposed to be sort of on the shelf and and not 
having that that kind of particular kind of libido and energy that you should enjoy walking the dog and reading the newspaper and whatever but actually i think sex is it's is almost like a scary idea for some people but you must have covered this quite you're yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, we spoke to a woman um, a few months ago that uh, works in social care, and she talked about the neutering of older people in yeah. care. Um, but I think there, I think that older people are generally neutered. I don't think they need to be in care to be neutered. I think that society generally, generally mm-hmm. feels that we all should be neutered, and that for some reason having sex past the age of procreation just feels icky and not, you know, like wh- why, why it, it, it almost feels like you're asking for, you know, for um, like a Gucci yeah. handbag every day. <laughs> that it, it's a luxury, it's, yeah. it's a luxury yeah. or something that we shouldn't expect it. Um, and I think that's the general attitude yes. towards I, older I people agree. and sex, which mm. obviously is why we're doing this whole thing. But I also, you know, think that, that, sex in older age does come with its own issues which we haven't really talked too much Mm. about we've talked about how you can experience all different kinds of pleasure that you never really maybe had the opportunity to when you were younger but we haven't really spoken too much about some of the challenges so it's it's really interesting to hear all of this and 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 i'm sure that a lot of people will really um find it fascinating and also just reassuring that they're probably mm. not not alone in it's, feeling it's, it's, it's this way normal. so mm. thank you yes. so much yeah in a way yeah. Yeah. that's okay you're very welcome it's been lovely to be here. Mm. thank you okay. so much and nice to see you. and we will add any websites or any other things that you would like us to add on the page where we promote this thank you very so much thank you thanks that's great